When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with my beloved wife, Lisa Bilyeu. Hello. What's up, homie? Good, how are you? I said, what's up? Good. And you said good. You don't say good to what's up. What do you say? <laughs> you say nothing. Anything uh, to actually answer the question. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, been I'm a glad. long day. Yes, I God, can see it on your face if I'm day. completely honest. Yeah. Bless you. The funny thing is you're the one that's actually had the two interviews, not me. Yeah, but that doesn't always equate to a rough day, yeah. which I assume is what you mean by long. Yeah, and it's I've got so much to do today. so. Um, but anyway, I get to spend time you're with you. Power through. I will power through. Now, five minutes before the... We started rolling on this, so you wanted to choke me out. So that could have something to I do with it. I did want to choke you out. I wasn't going to say anything, but if you're going no, to announce like, it. of course. Like, that's the whole fun of this show is uh, to, like, keep it real. I was going to choke you out a little. Um, would we say a little? <laughs> it's not like we were fighting, but clearly we I was disagree. creating frustration for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you want to go into it? Oh, I don't mind oh. it at all. Well, I mean, I don't... Yeah. You know how much to say? I mean, so from my perspective, it was, and it's interesting because I don't know how much this reads to other people. Um, like to me, processing through it, talking about it, even though we're, we clearly were heightened levels of frustration while we were talking, but we weren't yelling or calling names or anything like no. that. Um, it was very civil. But I do wonder sometimes like what that's like for the team. And is it like, oh, God, because we have a relationship? Like if I heard two other people having this kind of conversation, yeah. it wouldn't make my radar at all. No, 100%. But because we're married, I worry sometimes that oh, 100%. people take it differently. Yeah. A hundred percent, I think they do, and it's um, it's kind of that those moments are tough because in those moments I'm seeing you as my business partner, and mm. I'm talking to you like my business partner, and it has no reflection of how much I love you or you know what you mean to me. Right. But I think because maybe a do other people who are in listening they wouldn't be able to separate, and we've just had you know ten years of being able to do it, so mm. we're able to really like switch on and off, and other people don't. So they're like, oh shit, if I was having that discussion with my other half, right. I would be emotional or something like that. Yeah, and I wonder, like for us, one thing that I will say, it doesn't escalate. So it's not like, oh, that becomes this festering wound and then we have some big blowout later. It's like, it is what it is. And especially for me, like you're very good at not letting it become an issue. Mm. I think you would be more likely to hold on to it or get upset. I'll actually Mm. forget and we'll like meet again tonight and you'll be like, I really think we should talk about what happened today. I would be like, what happened today? Like that's our personality. Oh, well that happened like... What was it? A couple of months ago, in fact, I remember we had the discussion in the morning and it really bothered me and it sat with me for all day. And I was like, okay, now. And here's the thing. I'm good at switching that part off in those moments. So I don't bring it to the table. I don't bring it to team meetings. I don't bring it to work. And I had switched off. And then at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I really need to talk to him because it's really been weighing on my mind. And you come in and I'm like, I really want to be like, wait, what's the matter? And I'm like, what do you mean? What's the matter? <laughs> we had like this, like heat, not even heated, but like maybe you'd call it heated discussion in the morning. If, if it weighed on you like that, we probably were yeah, arguing. Now, yeah. 
to be clear about the way that we argue. It's not raised voices.、No. There's absolutely no cruelty, but no. it is very like this is my and I, I think, disagree. Yeah, and if you had to, or if I had to characterize me from your perspective, I think the way you would sum me up、mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong is that I become so like interested in. Um, I become completely devoid of emotion,、yes. and so I'm just like, this is a fact. Facts are facts. That's that. Like efficiency is king. There it is, and like all the warmth of a you know a husband and wife relationship is just gone for、mm-hmm. me. And so, and I've always thought like that just makes all the sense in the world. But I know that you don't like that. But it feels so. Like it is exactly what、um, like I'm not faking it or anything. That's just where I go when it、But、gets into that kind of disagreement.、To. I've changed so much. Yeah, and that's even kind. You of... think I worked this hard to stay the same? <laughs> I used to get emotional. Yeah, and that's I guess it's something that I've had to transition because when I first met you, you. Being emotional was what was actually amazing. That I'd never met a guy that would be able to be open and emotional and in touch with his emotions and be able to articulate his emotions. And then since we've been together, we've been married for sixteen years. It's like you have changed, and now you've gone the complete opposite. And you are very regimented, regimented and structured. And、mm. you're like, there's no emotion to it. And then so for me to see that transition and just you to make those like.、Um, In those moments, be very、um, strategic in regards to like, okay, this is fact and this isn't. This is how you're saying you feel, but you're not doing this. And so then it just becomes okay. Sometimes I actually do just want to have an emotional talk with you,、um, but you've become so efficient that it's actually a little harder to get you to talk about those emotional、mm. moments. Yeah, it、um, harder to get you to talk about makes it sound like I'm actively trying to block something,、mm. which isn't what's happening. So, and that's why I said that when I'm doing that, it is because literally that's where I'm at. Like my mind is in that space. I'm not putting on a front or pretending or squishing anything down. I'm just like, I don't. God, the real honest truth. I'm not defending this. I'm not saying it's good for、mm. a relationship. It's interesting to reflect on. The just real truth of it is, I don't find like that like heightened emotional like issue. It's not interesting to me, and so it's like、mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that place. And oh God, what comedian were we listening to the other day? And he said that he goes, you know, when somebody says something and you realize this is going to take a lot of my time. <laughs> it's like that's how I feel when a real heavy emotional conversation kicks off. That is like. Not the thing I'm feeling,、mm. and you just think, "Whoa, this is going to take a lot of time." And it, it does, but sometimes it's necessary. I was going to say, finish that sentence. I think it's important. So again, I I think that's actually bad. And so we just, or I just interviewed、um, Dr. Kai Fu Lee today, who was amazing. I really, I don't know if people are going to resonate with the episode, but I so loved being on set with him. I was so at ease, and it was so natural, and I could have talked to him forever and ever and ever. And、um, oh God, what did he say on set? Oh, just he really made me think about like because he was diagnosed with cancer, and he was like, it, it changed my perspective. So he's like, when I say this guy is crazy successful, because he's not famous in America, it's like nobody on set was really thinking anything of it. He's one of the most like at a global level. He's one of the most famous people that have ever walked into this house. The guy has fifty million followers on social media. They just happen to be Chinese, but holy hell! Like this guy is 
successful like in a stratosphere that's hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. In the last four, one, two, three, four years, he's created, ready, $15 billion companies in the last four years. It's madness. It's like a scale that like is hard to comprehend. But the guy is an investor um, in China, grew up, grew up like until he was 11 or 12 in China, then moved to Tennessee of all places, um, only to go back to China in like his mid to late 30s or something. So he is like really a dual citizen and just this ultra fascinating guy has had success at a level that most people can't comprehend. And he um, gets diagnosed with cancer and realizes, whoa, like I'm not the classic thing, right? Or he's the classic example of thinking, oh, I don't wish that I had worked more or been more successful or more famous or more rich and goes on like this incredible spiritual journey, meeting with Buddhist monks and stuff and realizes that my family is, is showing me a kindness and a generosity that I haven't reciprocated. And I was like, oh, wow. Like this really, really, it made me want to be a better man. It made me want to be a better husband. It didn't make me less ambitious, and I really have to think about that. Mm. But it for real made me go, like there are times you'll do things for me that I just think, wow, she is a better person than me. Mm-hmm. And um, like what? <laughs> that, well, I mean, Jesus, that list is near infinite. So from... It's good to know, though. Your, that way I can keep doing it. Oh, 100%. Like, just think about the little notes that you left. So, you know, putting things like that on the mirror to just encourage, um, yeah, I mean, a thousand little things from, you know, can I get you something? Can I grab you a meal, make you something? Um, You know, oh, let me talk to that person for you, whatever. I mean, there's just... It's interesting because that's all acts of service. And in your love language, that's not actually at the top of your list. It's not, but don't think that just because that's my love language that I'm confused as to what you're doing. That's true. So would it be more meaningful to me for you to give me encouraging words? Yes, but like that, that's an important thing to remember about love language. It's if you're not doing it in somebody's love language, but they, I guess have a level of, you know, empathy and all that. Mm -hmm. They still get what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like I get Mm -hmm. that that is really important to you. So, um, but yeah, it just like going through that and thinking about it really made me want to um, like really spend extra time with you. And if anybody ever, for the last five minutes, I forgot we were recording. So if anybody wants to know how I actually really talk to you, that was it. Like when I say for the last five minutes, I've, I've actually forgotten that we're doing an episode. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It's funny how you, um, so there's actually two things that you said and I hope I don't forget them. Um, so one is when you answer very kind of regimented or when we're, you know, having a debate or an argument that you're very factual and you're like, well, this happened and this happened and this is, and because we've trained each other to really talk like that so that we don't get into massive heated arguments, we really try to keep our emotions low. Sometimes if I get emotional, you've even said like, oh yeah, shit, I forget that you're a woman who has emotions. But, and it also sometimes takes me like, if I then break, because I try to really keep composure, if I then get upset and I, you see I get upset, like almost trigger something because you've said, yeah, like I forget that you have emotions. Um, that was always interesting to me because mm. it's, I don't want to be in quote unquote punished 
for holding back emotions and being right. able to articulate. But then when I do, um, it, I see in your eyes that it kind of triggers something in you where you're like, oh shit, it's my wife who loves me. I don't know, like I see. It all comes rushing back. Like even as you were describing it, I, I had a very visceral memory of the times where that happens, where it, all the hardness, all the roboticness, just it's instantly evaporates and the notion of wanting you to understand what I'm, where I'm coming from or what makes sense for the business or whatever just all goes away. And in that moment, oh, God, what's the line? I'm just a man in love with a woman. Oh, standing, God. I'm just a man standing in front of a woman yeah. telling her that I love her. Or Nodding Hill, yeah. yeah. It's, but it's, that's actually a dangerous thing to play in essence because it's teaching me that... For you to soften, I need to soften. And but we've come so far in our communication, realizing that emotions don't mostly help discussions like that. Well, it's interesting. You, so you choose a word that I would say always helps. So if either one of us were to be able to soften in a real, genuine, beautiful way, and not the affectations of softness, which is if I do that, you actually get really annoyed with me. If, if I'm artificially calm, if I'm like. I understand what you're saying. Why? Right, that's very and, different. No, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. There's like a real openness and vulnerability. Like when you soften that word you used, mm-hmm. that solves everything. Like the first person that can be soft, like in a for real, like I'm open, I hear you, I feel you, I have, I'm not doing any affectations of either, you know, to be ultra efficient or any, it's just like, I'm raw, I'm here for real, like I'm open, I'm not in any, I'm not adopting a defensive posture, mm. which is a protective mechanism, I get it, but it also, it, it denies that warmth, that connection that makes you feel like one unit. And that's maybe the easiest way to explain it is when we're in those moments, I feel like two separate people. And when either one of us can soften, then yeah. all of a sudden I feel, oh, we're one person again. Mm. And that's when it's like, oh yeah, I'm reminded at a visceral emotional level that you're my number one priority. So whatever thing I was trying to articulate to get you to understand from a business perspective or whatever, like does it really matter in the face of she's really hurting at this moment? Mm. Um, And then it gets super easy. Like all that clarity comes rushing back. Yeah. And in those moments, like I always tell myself, especially if we're, we don't have that yet and we haven't softened, I do sometimes tell myself, like, I know that if all I have to do is reach out and touch you, yeah. like if we just have skin contact and I'm holding your hand or you touch my arm or something, immediately things, the chemistry changes immediately with both of us. And I think we've gotten good at one of us whoever kind of gets there first to reach out to the other person. And then the other really important thing is the other person cannot reject them. Um, Because once you put yourself out there to be like, all right, I'm going to be the one reaching out to you, like, and then you get rejected, you're definitely not going to want to reach out the next time. Mm -hmm. And so, and also I just put myself in that position going, okay, well, if I was in his position right now and I was reaching out to you, I wouldn't want you to reject me. So if if you're reaching out to me and it doesn't feel right because I'm still a little upset or annoyed, I just tell myself, you must reach back out. Don't reject. And in those like really split moments, my mind and then the emotion that I'm feeling the second we touch hands kind of like really does just... um, condense and you know I really do feel the emotion of what we're Mm. trying to create in that moment even if your heart or your head isn't telling you so 
Yeah, it's funny how hard it can be to make that first it reach is. out. It is. I do nuts. a countdown. I think I already told you that. Like a uh, like, Mel Robbins oh, style countdown? Yeah. Like, all right, you're not feeling it right now. You're kind of annoyed with him. He's upset you. He said this. Lisa, you have every right to be annoyed, right? Yep. Like, 100%. You, every right. And, but I, I then tell myself, but you know, even though you don't believe it right now, you know that he loves you and you know that you need to stop this. I hope you didn't mean you don't believe it. You meant you don't feel it. I don't feel it, sorry, yeah. Right. So I don't feel it right now. Um, and so I just tell myself, like, just reach out and touch his hand. All right, you're going to do it in 10 seconds. And I just count down and then I just go on autopilot. So that, because the second I know that we've touched, then mm. I'm okay. Then I know I feel it. I'm like, ah, see, the 10 seconds was worth it. And Smart. And in move. fact, I actually just had a discussion with a friend yesterday about crying. And about how, I think I've said this before on air, but um, I try not to cry in front of you, even now, even after being together for 18 years. Um, and recently I said something and you responded in a way that I was like, has he not realized that that's where I come from this whole time? Um, so I try not to cry in front of you because I don't ever want to use that as manipulation into yeah. any situation. And so I walk away and so I've told you before, you've always joked like, oh, you're dead inside and you're dead inside. <laughs> and at one point, like... Because you don't show emotion. Because I don't show emotion. So you, you don't cry at movies. I might be crying in a movie. You won't be. <laughs> right. Right. And see, exactly. Laughing at me for crying. I don't, I don't ever laugh at you. Mock? No. Mock. Stop it. You're recording. <laughs> I need you to be honest right now, Billy, because no one no, knows you're no, joking. No, you don't. <gasps> okay. So I would never do that, just to be clear. Very true. Um, but yes, we may be in a movie and you're crying and I'm not. Um, it's really not that... Um, I don't feel it. It's that I, I specifically and deliberately have trained myself not to show it. And I told the story recently and you were then, you're like, really? And I don't know if it changed your opinion, but when I was around 15, mm. um, the first person in my entire family passed away. It was my great uncle. And I remember being in church and I remember this clear as day and everyone was crying. All the guys, all the women, all my cousins, my family, everybody was crying. And I was sitting there thinking like, but there needs to be one strong person. You've never told me that before. Yeah, I didn't realize. You told me the thing about your mom trying to hide that she was crying. Yeah. And so that sort of enforced in you that it's not something that you do in front of people. Yeah. Um, but you'd never told me that before. Yeah, and it was one of those stories that like, I can't remember how it came up. So it wasn't I was hiding it from you. So just, wait, are you saying that in movies you don't cry because I'm the weak one and you have to be the strong one? <laughs> no, I mean, look, at this point, it's, it's been ingrained in me and I don't even think about it. So I almost have to like try and reverse it and be like, Lisa, it's okay to let go. It's okay to let go. But for, yeah, when I was 15, everyone was crying and I was like, okay, there has to be one strong person because what if someone needs someone? Like who are they going to turn to? Everyone's crying. You've got no one to turn to. So I remember saying, don't cry, Lisa. You can't cry. You've got to be the strong one. And then when I was younger, yes, I would walk into the room and see my mum wiping her tears. And I kind of associated that with if you're crying, um, basically my mum didn't want to upset me. And so she hid her tears. So I was thought, okay, well, don't cry in front of people because you're going to upset them. So those two combined, I think, I'm psychoanalyzing myself right now, I think is why I've led to being how I am now. And I think that's why it hurts when you say you're dead inside because the truth is it's, it's not that. Mm. It's that I've trained myself to just not show it. And also, I don't want you to think that I'm heartless. <laughs> in true honesty. The funny thing is, because... I joke about it because I obviously don't really think that. 
Um, I just always thought it was funny and it made me feel better because I would be crying at something and you'd be like stone cold, like, no, what do you mean? Interesting. That never registered. What? That you were saying it just to brush off your own... Yeah, of course. What do you mean, of course? You've never said that before. Oh, that can't be true. Maybe, I don't remember if you have. That's so interesting. Huh. Word. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Word. Um... And so as we're going down the therapy road, we may as well keep going. Um, the, the other thing that right now we're still working towards is you call me mumbles sometimes. Oh, yeah, God. And this is one of those things that if you ask me, does Tom love you? Of course he does. Would, would he lay his life on the line for you? Of course he would. So it's not that I don't think that you don't love me, but every so often I'll say something and you don't hear me or I'm mumbling and you call me mumbles. And having been teased at school for so long, I don't like being teased. It's like my one kryptonite. So when you call me mumbles, the one person that I love and admire and respect more than you could possibly imagine is now, in my eyes, mocking me. And it really upsets me. And I've told you in the past, like, please don't call me it. And I explained to you, because initially I was just like, please don't say that. And then you say it again, I'm like, please don't say that. And then eventually I was like, I just need to tell him that actually upsets me. And I said, hey, this really upsets me. And since then you've done it, but by accident. I know, I'm like, oh my God. And that's the worst, because to me it's so unoffensive and I mean it like sweetly and jokingly and not like in a mocking or cruel way. So like my brain just fires it off. Like I would say it literally to anybody because I've never heard you say it to anybody in all fairness. And... Either because you're just not listening, like I would say it to my mom, my sister, like literally anybody as like a sweet, cute, because I only say it when you're literally mumbling. So you'll say something as you're like walking out onto your brother. And so because there is, when I say 0.000% malice, Mm. it's like my my brain doesn't register that it's going to sting you. And so then it's like, I say it, oh shit, yeah, you'll say, I, you know, I asked you not to, which the first time you said that, I was like, really? I don't remember that at all. But then like, I did it again. I was like, what the fuck? Like she literally two days ago just asked me not to call her that. And it's like, you're absolutely right. I'm so sorry. And then the other day I was like, Muh. and I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> it's crazy. But literally it's because there's such a disconnect between what it feels like inside mm. for me and how it's perceived by you. Mm. And so it's just... For whatever reason, the stars have aligned and that word has now come into my mind when you mumble. And it's like, it's such a fun, cute, playful thing that I wouldn't mind being called at all. In fact, I would find it quite funny. Well, the other day I did say it to you and I felt bad. I was like, you know what? I'm doing to you what I hate. And you were like, well, I don't care. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not, I was almost doing it to point out like, yeah, see, and it's not nice. And then you didn't get phased. And, that's and I was the like, well, that didn't like, work. It, but I get it. I get where it's coming from. And I totally understand that. But in that moment, you'll see exactly why on my side, I keep forgetting right. because I think it's funny. Right. So it's like, if you say it to me, I'm going to laugh just as much. I think it's cute and funny and playful. And you know what I mean? It's like, I call Wookie a murder ball. Now that's funny, right? You're smiling now. So but if it, you called me a murder ball, then I'd laugh as well. But that's like how the, it is I, the same neuron. Yes. Like in yes. my brain is like, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just cute and funny and whatever. Yes. <clears throat> and so there's such a disconnect. And I, I wonder how many times like couples get into like real traumas yeah. because the way what one person feels inside when they do it, say it, whatever, the other person feels 
disrespected, mm-hmm. hurt, unheard, whatever. And like, it's so hard to reconcile because you're like, but what I feel is so warm and positive. And so I don't, I, I'm having a hard time internalizing and therefore predicting your response. So, yeah. And in moments Talk. like that for me, initially, because I was like, I've, I've asked him it. So now it does feel disrespectful. Yeah, I'd look again. But, but I do make sure that I keep myself in check because the truth is, We've been together long enough, right? You kind of like put your money in the, what is the, you deposit deposit, money, you make deposits. So in saying, okay, he's made deposits, so many deposits to show that he loves me, to show that he respects me, to show that he's committed to this partnership, that he doesn't deliberately try to disrespect me. So you've made those deposits. So if I can pull my emotions out of it and just go straight to the, okay, you know, he doesn't mean it. You know that, um, like what are the things you know about him? Okay, you know he doesn't mean it. You know that he's got a bad memory and you know that habits take a while to change. So if I, I and that's exactly what I did the last time you said it and mm. I don't know if you realized I didn't respond to you because you're like, I'm so sorry. I only got halfway through it. And you only got halfway through it, yeah. I but I just, I just didn't say anything. Better. You are. And I, and I put those things and I actually said that mm. in my head. It's like, okay, he, didn't, he doesn't mean it. You know he loves you and habits take a while to change. And he stopped halfway through. So you know, like give him the credit. Um, so those are the things I then repeat to myself so that it doesn't then become an escalating fact because mm. my instinct is, that, is to get upset with you and say, look, I've asked you. I've yeah. asked you multiple times. I've broken yep. it down for you of why this 100%. upsets me. But doing that doesn't help either, right? Because now we're arguing. What am I trying to prove? Really, I'm not trying to prove anything because you already know how I yeah. feel about it. So kind of being emotionally sober when it does happen and seeing that you are making the effort, I think is a massive key. Because when someone's showing they're making the effort, they could fail, okay, well, that's fine. Mm. You know, if they fail, you know, as long as you see they're trying to progress, then I think that, you know, you can give each other a pass. Truth. Got anything else now that we're down the therapy line? Um, what else do I have on the therapy vein? I don't really. We're having a lot of trouble scheduling right now. And that was like a conflict of values. And that always gets tricky. Oh, well, yeah, that was actually difficult for me to say out loud today when you said, so basically part of the discussion that we had that started this whole thing mm. was I was trying to book a meeting with you and you were like okay well I have this time available and I'm saying well I don't have that time available so you're like well you could do it in the morning or you could do it in the evening but you choose not to and part of me like so for instance tomorrow where I was like okay well you can have let's meet 8 30 tomorrow morning mm. then and I'm like but I've got a yoga class and now I'm starting to feel like okay I'm putting my personal feelings ahead of the business and you're I didn't want it to come across to you like well, you have to work around me. I've got mm. yoga, so I'm not going to cancel it. Right. But part of me is like, but for my health, I have to stay strong on this. And part of me wanted to turn to my husband and be like, help, they're trying to take my yoga class away. Right. Um, and it's interesting because my thing is, yeah, don't give up your yoga class. And this, in fact, this is a really interesting thing. It'll be interesting to talk through. So here's how I perceive what was happening. So you feel that this meeting is like super important. I don't, which was conveyed. Mm -hmm. You, in fact, you even said it's important, which is like our trigger word. And just to be clear though, I do think, in fact, I don't know if you know this, do you think of important as being too separate when it's business and personal? No. Interesting. So I'm thinking, whoa, like 
she's pulling out the big guns on this, which is part of the reason I was like, well, we need to like solve this now instead of just like saying, cool, we'll talk about it later. Um, because, and that's why I was like, well, real world, like what do you want to do? So to you, it was important. To me, it's not. So you believe it's time sensitive. I believe it's not. So now you've set the bar of importance and we disagree. So it's like, to me, with my value system, it's like, okay, fair enough. You're saying it's that I'm willing to meet you there, but I have two availabilities, morning or night, Mm -hmm. either one you could do, Mm -hmm. but you choose not to. So now you've said it's important, I disagree. I've given you places to take, you've rejected them both. So then it's like, I agree with you that you shouldn't cancel your yoga class, but like, I also don't want to cancel the things in the middle middle because I disagree with your level of importance. So it's like, now what the fuck do you do? Right. Right? So that's where it gets like super tricky because I'm not going to be able, well, I actually think that I could convince you that to, to rethink the level of importance, but without going down that road first, Mm. it's like, what do you do? Well, okay, we'll keep going there because I'm turning to my business partner saying it's important for the Mm. business. Like, I really do believe it, in case I haven't expressed that enough, um, that we need to solve this issue. So I was like, it is important for the company. You're going to be traveling. I'm going to be traveling. We've got speaking gigs. Like, it's going to be crazy. We have to deal with this now. So that was one point. But then the other flip side of it, it's important that I take care of my health. From a, hey, I'm talking to my husband. I need your help. It's important that... I am focusing on it. And a big reason is, is because I feel guilty sometimes. If I'm sick or I've got stomach upset or, you know, I've got digestion issues and I can't do something, I feel guilty if it's my own doing because I I definitely see my sickness as it being a joint issue because you're affected by it. So for me to be the the person that's like, it's all me, it's my, it's, I'm the one that's sick, you have to deal with it. I don't think like that. I think that this is part of our relationship. It affects you. So when I'm sick, it has a knock-on effect to you too. So if I'm sick and I haven't done everything I know I need to do, so if I haven't meditated, if I haven't taken time off of the gym, if I haven't done my yoga and then I'm sick on the weekend, I feel like it's my doing and I haven't done our relationship a service. So now I'm coming into conflict with, it's important for the business, this meeting, but yet it's also important for my health so that as our relationship, we can be strong. Now what do I do? Because they're both important. And I don't know how to bring those up in meetings where we're talking about just work. Right. Yep. So what's your answer? Yeah, I mean, the the reality is like just raw, naked honesty. I think you've misassessed the importance of the meeting. And I think that we don't um, agree on then from like a code perspective, what becomes the obligation. So if Mm. I if I am saying, hey, this thing is important and it needs to be dealt with right now, I have the expectation, well, then I need to give something up. I'm the one that's decided. You say, I don't think it's that important. Okay, well, then I'm going to do, I'm going to bend over backwards to make myself available. And so I feel like you have that obligation in this scenario. So if I did that and skipped my yoga. No, don't skip your yoga. That to me like seemed, and now I'm saying that, I'll, I'll say that definitely as your husband, that would be a mistake, especially because you've misunder uh, or you've, misread the importance of this meeting. And so I really think that's like a doubly bad idea because even if it were as important as you think it is, you shouldn't skip yoga because right. I think your health is more important. Like that's, that's not even hard for me. Like that's a no brainer. Um, but 
double it with the fact that I think that it is a misread and so it's like that's not a good idea. But then even as your um, your business partner, like just as like I would say to any other team member here, put your health first, like people first. I was uh, saying this to one of the um, people in our art department. It's like I really need him to know to the core of his being, it's people first, dude. Like I want to hit these deadlines but I'd much rather keep you on for the long run then you be stressing the fuck out. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, if we miss a deadline, we miss a deadline. You're telling me in all sincerity that it's really going to be a problem for you emotionally. Cool. Like, you're not lazy. You don't do this often. Mm -hmm. So, I hear you. So, I need you to understand that. But in terms of going back to the code of, like, who has to, like, sacrifice some other meeting, who has to look at their schedule and go, okay, well, this one is a give. If, unless you want me to really challenge this your, the priority you're trying to set for it because one of two things can happen. If you're saying, no, you have to change your schedule, awesome, then we have to have the just raw conflict about the importance because I'm not just going to change something because you're asking me to. I think you're right. wrong about the importance. So um, we would have to have that conversation. Without having that conversation, then to me, the code is that since you're making the mandate, you have to make the, the shuffle because I've already given you two options. You've rejected them both. So that, I think, was the discrepancy. Like somehow for you, it's, hey, it is this important empirically and has nothing to do with just I think it's this important. So it is this important empirically. Therefore, since my health is here and I'm not quite sure how you would categorize your evenings because I think there's more flexibility there um, than you want to admit because I've had to truncate my prep time a thousand times for a thousand different reasons and you just still fucking get it done. So also to me, that one has a, a massive degree of flexibility. But then go into that with your code of ethics of, or not even code of ethics, your, your work ethics, let's say, right. is I battle with that every day yeah. because here's the thing, I want to match you. My personality is I'm not going to freaking quit. I'm not going to do less work than him. I'm going to come to the table and I'm going to show up just as much as right. he does every single day. And you know that part of what I've had to transition to is I can't do that. Because even though my mind is freaking strong, my body is not at all. And so even though I want to work at that level, I, I have to stop. Like I even feel guilty when you walk in the room and I've got that one hour to myself at night and I'm like watching TV and you're still working. Like I feel guilty, but I can't allow that to penetrate me and so I work hard at not letting my not letting my mind try and take down my body to match your work yeah and if if this works I don't know if it will but just know that knowing that and I would much rather it were for reasons other than health like I'd much rather you were just like oh I just want an hour off like that would be far more gratifying but I I love that people can't keep up with me. So it is a gift <laughs> when you're like, I need this hour, I just can't do it. Yeah, but I don't, I hear what you're saying from your, it does not make me feel good. It does well, not make you're me feel like a guilty. good partner. It does not. Oh, here's the thing, I get it. I, I fully get it. But have I ever once rubbed it in your face? Ever, no, ever, ever. never. Never, ever, ever, no. right? So know that one, just because I work a certain way does not mean I think other people should be working that same way. I think they should be doing what fulfills them. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's just, you and I, like, it, it is deeply unfair that you can, and look, now you have like all these other issues, but like you can eat carbohydrates and not gain fat in a way that I cannot. And that's always struck me as deeply unfair. Now, maybe it's deeply unfair that I can handle the level of stress that I can handle. So 
maybe it's just like, cool, that's my gift. I can just handle an unimaginable amount of stress and keep going. Okay. Then don't like, just like I don't waste time being irritated that the universe has treated <laughs> me poorly with my genetics. Thanks. Don't be, you know, frustrated that the universe has treated you poorly with your stress. It just is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not really even that it's going back to like, I am deeply passionate about what I do and I want to work more. I, I want to, I think that one of the things that has helped us get so successful is that I can push myself further than a lot of people. Sure. Um, the problem is, is that my body has eventually said, no, you can't. And now it's so. I, well, I just want to be really clear, like where you have to stop now is like, I mean, what would you stop at like 80 hours a week? I mean, you, you work an insane amount. So I, yeah. I don't want people thinking that you're like tapping out at, you know, hour 35 for the week. It's like you're doing what, no, the 0.001% of people are willing to do. Sure, thank you for saying that. But basically, I don't really care about anyone else except you. Like with making sure that you feel like I bring, you've told me a million times, that's a thing. No, no, but let me get real specific so you know that I'm not just like being kind. If it wasn't for you, this business would fail. So there's no, now I think the same is true for me. Without me, the business would fail. But the reality is you have a skill set that I don't possess. And without your skill set, we would be really fucking in trouble. So you are, your logistical mind is, is on another level. And you take it for granted. You don't realize how good you are at keeping things together, at really looking at structure and um, making sure that things are in their place and happening on time and that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, can we be even more real then? Yeah. Because that is exactly what was my frustration today. Because I'm better at logistical, because Mm -hmm. I can see things that you can't in the business, that's why I'm just like, you may not believe it, and I actually understand this isn't where your mind shines. But if you think that this is where I shine, and I say, hey, this is important, that's where I'm just like, I'd love for you to then go, okay, well, I'm not normally good at this, or this is where she shines. Even though I don't think it's important, she doesn't often say it, which means that I should probably address it. And I think that's why I started getting frustrated. Then maybe we should have just jumped into having that direct conversation Mm. because the, my punchline on that is you've misunderstood the problem. So I get it. Believing what you believe, I get why you would say, hey, this is now in my realm. But my thing is you have a fundamental misunderstanding of what's going wrong. Ah. Well, that's actually different from what you said. So now that actually does make a difference to how I see it. And that's why I'm saying I'll be able to convince you. And I don't say that with any arrogance. I just, I know what the the underlying real truth of the problem is. Mm. Um, And so the answer and that's just from experience. I've just been through this thing before. Right. Um, so it's actually very interesting, though, the way you just said it. That it did make a difference to how I now feel. Yes, I mean, it's, so, it's not that. So it because it's kind of like, and maybe this is just an ego thing. If I'm going to be brutally honest, sure. so for you saying it's not important, the ego is saying to me, "Well, hang on, Lisa, you're better at logistics than him. You're better at seeing these things than him." So even though the fact he says that, when it comes down to it, sometimes he actually doesn't show it. And that was part of my frustration. But now what you just said is very different in like, if 
what you are seeing, if I agree with what you are seeing, then yes, it's important. I just don't agree that what you're seeing is accurate. Correct. And that actually does make a difference now on the way I feel about how you're responding to me saying it's important. That's really that fair because it uh, made a thousand percent sense because it comes down to credibility. And right, we both know right. that you have a lot of credibility in the area of logistics and execution and all of that. And I do not. Mm. Um, and you're very right. It gets very frustrating when somebody who does not have a credibility, have credibility in an area is really fucking fighting for their position. And this can um, be done in just personal people if they don't even have to work together, right? right. Kind of even in your like, other relationships where certain people have certain credibility and certain things. Oh, yeah. I mean, th this is absolutely true even for our marriage. Mm. And I'll say that life has gotten so much easier now that there are times where I go, okay, we've now slipped into her realm and I'm really not good at this. Mm. And so... And rather than like have some ego need to have my voice even heard, it's like, look, I'll tell you what I think if you want to know, but like I don't even trust my own opinion because this isn't where I shine. Historically, the things that I've felt even really passionate about, it's like I end up being wrong. So I am so aware that like this plays out with me just not having seen something fairly obvious. So I'm just going to leave it to you. If you want my help, if I can be a conciliary in some mm. way, let me know. Um, but Getting to that point in your relationship is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I see people out of insecurity almost always need something to be theirs even though they may not be good at it. Mm -hmm. And that's where things get super weird and really uncomfortable. Oh, also the flip. So there's almost two reactions to it. There's one reaction where one person, they hold on to something for their own ego even if they don't necessarily have the credibility. Um, and then they push back and I think arguments happen in relationships like that. And then the second one is I think people then just back off because it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to fucking argue. So I'm just not going to bother. And so now you back off, but it actually never gets resolved. Right. And that's one thing that we never do. Like I am actually the first person to always say, I just need space. And you like, no, no, let's deal with it now. I'm like, hey, babe, I just need space. Give me an hour, give me two hours, maybe even give me a week. But I just need space right now because I know I can't get through this right now with the way my emotions and my thinking mm. is. Space helps me. Um, but we never just brush it under the rug or never, like, we never just don't talk about it. Um, because I think that we both know that that's really dangerous. So one of us will then bring it up. Or we'll even say, like, okay, well, do you want me to bring it up tomorrow? Do you want to talk about it? And you're really good at that. You've done that in the past where you've texted me. And you'd be like, babe, I don't want you to think that I'm not aware that this is an issue we have to deal with. But you said you wanted space. So do you want me to ask you tomorrow? Or do you want to approach me? That way there's kind of no guesswork. Because I've seen people where, especially I've seen women, um, friends of mine who've gotten annoyed by their partner. Like, I can't even believe you didn't even text me for an apology. Or I can't even believe. And it's like, but have you guys communicated that that's going to be the next step that you guys are going to take? Because he's clearly knowing that you're upset or he's upset or whatever the situation mm. is. But then who's going to make that next step instead of you guys both festering, being like, I can't believe he hasn't done it. Maybe he's trying to give you a space or maybe she's trying to give the guy space or whatever. But if they haven't discussed it, then how do you know how to act? So that kind of sweet message that you've done to me in the past has always been amazing. Mm. It's a good tactic. Word. 
All right, oh, we're gonna well, have to wrap. Yeah, that was they, amazing for us. <laughs> I don't know anybody listening if they got a damn thing out of that, but well, guys, that was you know the ask. If this is bringing you value, if you like today's episode, please, please, please do rate and review this podcast. Subscribe, and then if you have time and you're on Instagram, screenshot it and tag us, um, just to let us know that you like this episode, and to, again, just try and spread the word. That would be amazing. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say this was a masterclass on how to really get through to an issue without being emotional and talking through something and recognizing where each of you are. Um, man, I'm kind of proud of us right now. And right now I actually don't think that that, that meeting is as important as I made out. So Word. I can't wait till next week. Amazing. Well, we will make it happen. All right. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. This is rad shit. Aww. Love doing this. Super grateful for everybody out there that gives us feedback. Super, super amazing. Um, If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And rate and review. Yes, please. (laughs) Until next time, my friends, be legendary. Be legendary. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.